Hey there, this is Christy Lynn Hanchi, AWOL Zebra, and I am so excited. I was able to get an interview with Axel Bolin, the creator of the Fascia Guide. Now bear with us, it's kind of cut up. We lost him during the first part, but he was gracious enough when we got extra time, and I'm so excited. So it'll be pieced together. Join me as we listen to Axel Bolin and myself discuss fascia. He validates everything I have been saying and I could not be happier. We are headed in the right direction by working on our fascia and as I always say, start working on your fascia before it stops working for you. Enjoy the interview and be an AWOL zebra. Have a lovely day. Hi there, Axel Bolin. Yes, I'm here. Hello, thank you so Hello. much. Hello, welcome again. Okay, this is much better. Now, okay, I will great. Just, if, if, if you don't mind, let's just, I, I want, now, there are so many questions that I do have for you, and I know we're limited on time. As, as far as the fascia guide, would you please explain again why you created the fascia guide? So back in 2015, we went to Washington for Fascia Research Congress. And uh, for some reason, I started interviewing a lot of researchers. And when they explained what fascia is, uh, the research, how it works, how it could affect people, I felt that this, the language they were using were not for ordinary people. So you had to be a researcher or you had to be very, uh, you had to be, have, you had to have read a lot of anatomy and, phys anatomy and phys physiology to be able to understand what they were saying. And then I remember I interviewed Jean-Claude Gimbertot, who has made a movie called Strolling Under the Skin, who's a surgeon who's really excellent because he's filmed how living fascia looks inside the body. But I interviewed him and said, can you give a short explanation on your research and why it's important? And he said, I will give as long an answer as I want to. And then he talked non-stop for nine minutes. <laughs> and it was it was impossible to cut that interview in a way for ordinary people to understand. So so then we realized that we had there was a gap between the important research that they were doing and their way of explaining it to people. And if you look at the, <clears throat> the mission statement of Fascia Research Society, it's to educate professionals about fascia or to help professionals understand fascia, but not the people. And back then we thought that this knowledge is, is too important to keep from, from the people. We need to help translate what they're saying into a language that people understand. And that was the idea for the Fascia Guide. Yeah, well, but it wasn't until 2020 that we actually published it as our main, as its own website with its own podcast and and uh, the videos and everything that's that's on it. So, well, so it took it, a while to publish everything. It's absolutely fascinating, and you sent me your documentary to to watch, and with it's it's Carla Stecco, correct? She's yes. the one. Yes. Uh, to find out the new information, what the fascia sites, is that, am I saying that correctly? That the yep. new cell, okay. 
because, you know, I lost my ability to walk and talk because of adhesed fascia. And if I had listened to the doctors, I would be on medications, I'd be in a wheelchair, I'd be bedridden. And your fascia guide is kind of my fascia Bible. <laughs> I, I think so much of it and your research is, is just outstanding. What do you think, how can something that is, it's the biggest organ in our body, how can something so important be so overlooked? It's, it's a more difficult question than people might think. Um, so there's, there's plenty of reasons. One, one reason is because you're not studying fascia or this type of knowledge in medical schools, or you, at least you, maybe you're starting to do it now, but you haven't done it for, for before. And then, so you, you don't, you, you study for seven years and you don't read about fascia, you don't even, almost don't hear what it's called. And then you work among other physicians and you don't talk about it. And then someone comes along and says, hey, this is really important. You should really look into this. But it kind of goes against everything you've read so far. Right. Uh, and not a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, let's look into this. Most people will say like, hey, this probably, you know, my, my boss is not saying something about it. My institution is not saying something about it. So it can't be that important. Is this really peer reviewed? Is this really studied as it should be? So it's it's a lot of skepticism. But then you have another group of people who who are like, oh yeah, this is really fascinating. Let's do some more about it. But those go into fascia research. So there was a difference between fascia research congress back in 2015 and in 2018. Because in 2015, it was, well, some scientists, some massage therapists, some yoga instructors, uh, different kinds of people, around 300 attendees. But in Berlin in 2018, it was 1,300 attendees. Wow. And there were uh, a lot of more physicians. There were professors of anatomy. There was uh, experts in pathology. It was um, a completely different crowd. And they covered different topics. So in those three years, a lot of people, a lot of um, professors got interested in fascia and started doing some more research about it. So there has been, things has happened in the last five, 10 years. So for example, back in 2003, 2005, around 5,000 studies were made each year concerning fascia, but now it's more like 20 or 25,000 studies per year. So the amount of research has increased as well. That, so uh, so that's that's one reason it's so new gotcha. so that people don't learn about it okay and and then and and if i understand correctly you know and when you're training to be a doctor i mean they usually they when they're doing the cadaver they just would normally throw the fascia in the trash correct yeah and that, that's the second reason why it's hard to get into the current medical system because our view of the body is based on the the studying of dead bodies so when you look at the dead body, you see certain things. You see how organs are um, displayed. You see how where the muscles are. You see you can take out the skeleton. And then, as uh, David Lesondek says, fascia you just throw in the in the garbage garbage can. You don't have to pay attention to it. But when you when you look at the living body, 
like Jean-Claude Gimbertot's done, the surgeon, he says that it doesn't look like we think. You, 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 when you see the body, you think of it as in layers. And it's like, there is no layers. It's just chaos. It's organized chaos. Here's a cell and here's a bunch of cells and there's no cells here. So it's like the body is much more fluid than we think. We think of it as structures and layers, but it's more a fluid flow. And if you study a living body, it actually looks like that. But when you study a dead body, it doesn't. So we have built our way of understanding the body on the studying of dead bodies. But that's another problem is that our understanding of the body is that we have studied parts. So we learn about different parts. We learn about, we, we cut out the heart, we cut out the lungs, we, we cut out muscles. We look at specific processes like bio, biochemical processes. How is uh, the citric acid cycle? How is that working and so on? So we separate our way of understanding into understanding parts. And it's the same thing in all of our society. So when you go to school, you l learn about language and then you learn about mathematics and then you learn about uh, social sciences or nature sciences or geography or hi history. It's all separate subjects. So we're trained to see everything as parts. But when you study fascia, you can't you can't find a part of a fascia because the fascia in your heel is connected to your knee and it's connected to your hip and it's connected to your neck. And if you look at, for example, uh, Carol Davis has done some studies about scar tissue. So if you have a scar on your arm, the, uh, fi the fibers in your fascia, the collagen fibers in your fascia that is connected to that scar are also connected to the fascia in your knee. So a scar in your arm, a scar on your arm has deformed your knee. So that's how interconnected everything is. But that's so not it, how we're trained at looking at the body. Gotcha. And then you have the second problem, which is we don't think that what hap what's happening inside of us has anything to do with what's happening outside of us. So we think of thoughts and feelings as separate from our body. But then you have a phenomenon like stress. So if you're stressed right now, your body will react. And you can be stressed from having an interview, or you can be stressed from holding a lecture, or you can be stressed by traffic, or you can be stressed by thinking about that thing you're going to do in two weeks. And when you get stressed, some hormones are released, your body's tensing up, your collagen network changes. So stress as a thought or a feeling does have a direct effect on your body. But that's not something we do when we study the body. We don't see how everything is connected to everything all of the time, because that's not our paradigm that we're working in right now. That, yeah, that's so, it's, not it's, how. so it's really challenging for someone who's trained to look at specific parts. Let's say you're, especially, you're, you're really, really good at understanding processes in the brain. We're a specialist on the brain. But then you realize that the, the uh, gut flora or the microbiome is actually affecting your brain. Then you need to be an expert of the, of the, of the stomach as well, or the digesting system, or the microbiome. But you've studied the brain for eight years, and you're really good at the brain. You're, you're, you're considered a specialist on the brain. But when it comes to gut flora, you don't know almost anything. 
So that's also challenging for people who have worked in the current paradigm that we have, because they're really knowledgeable, but they're knowledgeable of one part. And the problem with fascia research is that fascia research has, you have to pay attention to everything all of the time. And that's really challenging. And we don't have a, we don't have a structure to deal with that in how science is made. So that's another reason why it's gonna, it's gonna take a while or it's gonna take some rethinking to understand this in a, in a better way. So, and, and something, so I guess I'm very fortunate that I was able to come upon the fact that it was my fascia and was able to find someone, I guess, to work with me because it doesn't look like it's going to be something that's going to be treated or accepted anytime soon. Well, I, that's, um, that's what we want to change because we, we don't want it to be 10 or 15 or 20 years until you can get go to a doctor and get this kind of help. We want this to be available to as many people as possible. And we are seeing some, some changes in how people are opening up for a new way of thinking. But it's, it's, it's slow. It takes longer than we expected, of course. I mean, we've been working with this for, for 13 years, talking about fascia and, and how to treat it. And it's not that big a difference from the treatment we did 13 years ago from what we're doing today. It's, it's a difference, of course, but we had results 13 years ago as well. But now people are starting to pay attention. And it's, it's about the more people that talks about it, the more interest, yeah, the, the more interesting it gets, the more tension okay. it draws, the more, so it's, it's because we are the people and we live in a democracy. So if people start to demand fascia treatment or, or physicians that know about fascia, they have to listen, don't they? As long as that, we have democracy, definitely. of course. Yes, that, yes, definitely. That, that's why uh, we have the podcast and I'm trying to spread the word because I, if I had, you know, listen to the doctors i i would not be in as less pain that i'm in i would be bedridden and i chose to walk and that's why you know starting you know to study your fascia guide and and to try to educate myself even though the doctors i, I took me seven doctors before i could finally get one that accepted my treatment my plan he said i understand what you're doing with fascia and I think that's the way to go. And so I was very appreciative of that. But I'm finding, and when I saw in your documentary, 95% of scientific studies are done on men, not women, correct? Yeah, at least it was like that a couple of years back. But then, then it's, it might be 90%. Now, I, I haven't checked the numbers in the last years. But um, 10 years ago, it definitely was like that. Like that. And, because I, because I was watching that it was saying that that women uh, rebuild their bodies and if their fascia is affected uh, two times a month as opposed to a man, so that's why hypermobility and things like that affect women more. Am I correct? Uh, actually, hypermobility and EDS is one of the hardest things to answer. So we've been getting questions about this for at least seven years. And it's really hard to answer exactly what is going on there because it's part genetic, it's part um, epigenetic, so it's activated by some things. 
and it's <clears throat> because it affects the the collagen production it's all over the body at the same time so, so it's really hard to give an answer on exactly what's going on there even for for us who's done several episodes on it on our own po- on our own podcast and it's also quite sensitive so i don't want to say the wrong thing right but the if you understand the basic principles of how the body works or the, especially the female body works it might be easier to understand what you're going through and how you can do something about it so if you if you look at this from another perspective so once a month as a woman as a fertile woman you are getting ready to uh, have a, or to be able to conceive a baby you're preparing yourself to get pregnant that's what hap- that's what happened that's what nature does every month for a female right and if that doesn't happen well then you get rid of the egg so that's basic basic fundamental biology so it's of course your body's going to change for that because it's going to prepare yourself so you're in the optimal circumstance to be able to um you, you call it conception right when you get pregnant right english is my second language so i have to <laughs> no you're that. doing great so, you're doing great so so you're preparing yourself to get pregnant like not mentally or or socially or whatever but but physically you're getting ready for that right. and then when it doesn't happen you're getting ready to release the egg that's what happened that that's what happening every month and then your body needs to prepare for that so so it does whatever it can to make this process simpler which means that you will rebuild your structure inside to be able to do that in a better way. And it's uh, actually one one researcher which I don't remember the name uh, of but he had a really interesting or she had a really interesting metaphor it's like um it, it's like a, the monthly cycle is also like a yearly cycle. So you have the you have the spring when you're getting more and more energized you're you're more social, you're more active, you're, you're, um, hello. Oh, hello there. Hello. hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. My, my wife called and that, that so, call blocked the, uh, the recording. Oh, so it was thrown out. Well, no, and no, but of course she should, that's your wife. <laughs> 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 Rightly so. No, I, and and I I know you're you're limited on time, and and I'm so grateful that you took the opportunity. Oh, oh, yeah. So <laughs> I think that's funny. That's perfect. That so we, we were talking about we were talking about the female body. So yes. what, what what we have, uh, what we have to understand is that our our bodies, especially the female body, is very connected to nature, and, and somehow we have forgotten that. So it's like th- this is a natural part. Like if you're if you're really getting ready to be pregnant like this is your nature's main task of you this this certain days of the month uh, should you go out and do heavy exercising then well probably not right, right. and if you're uh, if you're uh, you already missed this opportunity to get pregnant this month uh, and then your your uh, it goes a couple of days and you're in the phase uh, after the, uh, um, what, do, what do you call it? The, 
in English. Um, the, uh, the, the site, ovulating, the, the, the ovulating, ovulating yes, yeah. the ovulating and the menstruation. Yeah. Yeah. So you're you're post ovulating. Uh, so now you can't have a baby anymore, or you can't get pregnant anymore. Uh, then you go out and you're you're at a bar. People won't look at you the same way. And this is actually something people have tried. Like you're, when you're pre-ovulating, uh, it's much easier to get um, men to do what you want. Really? So if you're, <laughs> yes. If if you're if you're a female CEO or you're a, um, if you are, um, but you have a meeting that you really want to go well, you should always have it pre-ovulation or during ovulation. You should not have it post-ovulation and during uh, menstruation because you're sending out different things with your hormones. Ah, and and this is, is this, this is also and this is this is not there's nothing to do with genders or gender roles or how we're looking at society. This is just like a biological circumstance. But the weird thing is that we have built up a society that doesn't care at all about your how you are changing every month and this this is really frustrating like why have we built up a world that doesn't pay attention to that half the population changes their body two times a month why do you have to work so hard in the winter if you look at the spring being post uh, pre-ovulation the summer being ovulation the fall being post-ovulation and the winter being menstruation. So if, you, if you're in the winter, you want to, you know, cuddle down at home and watch a movie. You don't want to go out and meet people. Right. And I don't, I don't know, I, I'm not a woman myself, so I can't <laughs> uh, speak about this too much. But, but how, many, how many women are like super social and like really eager to meet new people when they're in mid-menstruation? Right. Okay. And and, and yeah. this is and the, so this is like where we have gone wrong a little bit as a society. We don't we kind of think of biology as something we should control or something we should you know live part of, or or we should push it down and be above it instead of embracing it and looking at, at what it is. And it's the same thing with our bodies. And that's what's interesting with the with the fascia research is that it it points at these these different things. It shows you that. You are um, like there's there's some really simple principle, like so uh, simple that it's almost laughable. Right. And it's that you you are becoming what you do. It's like how you move, what you're doing with your body is actually creating your body. So if you're doing push-ups every day, your body will say, "Oh, you want to do push-ups every day? Okay, we'll prepare for that." That's why you can't do the same amount, uh, number of push-ups 10 days in a row and keep growing muscles because your body will be, you, you need to increase the, uh, the load, right, when, you, when you're building a body. Right. So if you, if you want to build muscles, you need to increase the load because the body gets used to it. Because the body is actually becoming what you do. If you walk every day, your body will be like, oh, walking every day, that's good, let's do that. And then it adjusts itself to do that. If you want to run a marathon, it will adjust itself to run a marathon. And if you're laying down all the time, it will adjust itself to that. So we're actually physically becoming what we're doing with our body. And this is really simple. And it's really, um, 
like is basic, but we don't think about it every day. In the same way, we are becoming what we're eating, like, like literally becoming what we're eating. So what you eat is part of your body. That's what your body consists of. So you are right now what you have eaten the last, let's say three or four or five months. That's what your body is made of. Because cells die and are born all the time. And the building material is what you eat. So if you eat junk food, what does, what does that make you? Gotcha. But then you are junk food. Gotcha. And it's okay. by looking at these simple things that makes you understand that, oh, so if I'm eating junk food, I am becoming junk food. <laughs> then okay, it's not no. as fun to eat junk food anymore. Right. No, that, that does. It makes sense. It's because I know your, your fascia is supposed to glide and move with you. And if you're sedentary, I mean, your fascia is still, is still working for you, but it's kind of going against you because you're sedentary. And yeah, because so then, you are working for you, but you're kind of going against you if you're sedentary too much. Right. Because that's not what you what your body is made to do. Okay. So in the same so way, I'm... we are what we we are what we think, and we are what we feel. So if you're stressed out all the time, your body will react to that, and if you're relaxed, it will react to that. So thoughts and feelings are more important to be think as well. And the same thing you are the environment you're in. So if you're in a big city compared to if you're on a countryside, that would affect you differently as well. And then that so all it's... affects our fascia as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the that's the amazing thing with this is that it's pointing out how simple things are really. Like it's so simple to understand for everyone what they need to do to take care of their body. And then behind this, of course, are these fancy studies showing that the the uh, hyaluronic acid is reacting like this when it does like that, and the microfibrils are creating this and this pattern when you're under this and this type of pressure. And if you have this uh, this blockage in your fluid flow, that will create a fibrosis, and the fibrosis will do this with your nerve system. So all this is like, you can really go into detail to really understand the different sections of that. But the important thing, so so we have we have done a podcast now with uh, 100 episodes. In Swedish, sadly, for you guys, <laughs> there, there will be an American version, of course. So, okay. But so we have done a, a 100 hours podcast about fascia, and the conclusion is always the same. You need to move. You need to eat real food, like without preservatives, without sugar. You need to eat like proper food. Uh, you need to avoid stress. And if you're stressed, you need to handle stress. You need to sleep and rest. You need to move. And that's about it. You need to breathe, of course. And like breathing is something that everyone does all the time. And if you don't breathe, you die. Right. But sadly, most of us are actually breathing uh, the wrong way. Right, improperly, so, so we, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we, we are so bad at breathing that our jaws and skulls have been deformed during the last 300 years. That's how bad we are at this. Because we, we breathe with our mouth and we don't chew anymore. So if you breathe with your nose and you start chewing and you're aware of breathing, that's like one of the easiest, uh, most affordable and best way you can take care of your own body. Because when you're breathing, it affects everything. So like breathe in six seconds with your nose, hold your breath six seconds, 
breathe out six seconds and do that for like 10 minutes a day, you will definitely see a difference in how you're feeling. Really? So 10 minutes a day, six seconds in, hold it for six seconds, and then breathe out. Do you breathe out through your mouth for six seconds, you said? That doesn't really matter. Or, some some okay. people say mouth. Some people say that you should hum. And some people do with, the, with their nose. But the important thing is to get the number of breaths per minute down to three or four. But most people have like, I think it's 20 breaths per minute. But you should have oh. like four breaths per minute. And that's actually quite hard. It's, it's actually quite... Um, physically demanding to do that yeah so it's okay, uh, so but it's a, it's a really good exercise i like that so six seconds in and through the nose and then six seconds hold and then six seconds out and you do that 10 minutes a day yeah i, li I like that and then of course we want to watch what we eat because evidently we are what we eat and then we want to move and then those of us that have problems moving and we need to work with our fascia I, I know you have to go, but I would like to to ask you if you could Atlas Balance and the tool that you've created because I'm I'm in classes so that I can qualify because I, I so badly want to get this tool because I've passed this disease on to my son and I mm -hmm. find that if we continually work on our fascia that our illness we can kind of stay one step ahead of our illness. That is why it's so important for me to get my hands on one of your tools. Could you yeah. explain how how that works and and working on our fascia? So so the idea behind it was that we what we we got a lot of patients that have problem with their neck. Like and then in the neck it could be really a, a stiff neck is really stiff and it's kind of hard to do um, to massage with your thumbs. And if you if you have done, done like real neck massage, you can't do more than two or three patients until you feel very sore. Right. So what we wanted to do was to develop a tool that uh, does that kind of tension release, but not in a way that's, um, that's hard. So it should be a soft way to do it. Uh, so what we've done is we created a machine that, that vibrates and changes the frequencies all the time so that it, it um, appears uh, to be very soft, but it's actually quite powerful. But the, the principle behind it, which could actually be useful even if you don't have the machine, is that what it does is it increases the fluid flow. So it increases the flow of water in your body. And what that does is that it, it gives you more life. And if you stimulate life, you stimulate growth, you stimulate healing, you stimulate flow. That's the same thing you do when you uh, exercise or when you take a walk or when you uh, when you do like um, uh, Jin Yoga or stuff like that. Like so, so what what can you do physically to increase life in your body, increase the flow in your body? And that's not like a workout to drop. That's more uh, dance and movement. Like if you if you look at dance uh, dancing, like if you really dance, right, with your whole body. What how does that make you feel? So put on some good music and start dancing, you will see that something happens in your, in your body. But it's also thinking about questions like, what makes you feel alive? Like what, what really um, makes you feel alive? Not me or everyone else, but what makes you feel alive? And can you do more about that? Uh, can you laugh more? We had a, we had a course the other, uh, a workshop the other day when we talked about the importance of laughter. 
and then uh, someone said, hey, there's a clip called uh, Laughing, Laughing Shane, I think it was. Laughing Shane. So there's like a, there, there's a video of a baby laughing. And then you see a guy looking at that baby laughing. And then you see a guy looking at the guy looking at the baby laughing. And then you have all these weird, weird different laughters. And after like 15, 30, 60 seconds, you can't avoid laughing. <laughs> but what, 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 uh, and if you, if you get, uh, so I got, um, my, my uh, uh, jaw started hurting when I laughed because I laughed so much. <laughs> and then I realized, oh, I'm not laughing enough. Because if, I, if my jaws are hurting when I laugh, that means I'm not laughing enough. Because really? if I laugh more, then my jaws wouldn't hurt when I laugh. So why are we not laughing more? And that's interesting when you look at, if you look at uh, children or babies, they laugh, they move, they run around, they stretch, they climb, they play. So we should probably be more like children. I know that's a cliche, but still, like, look at a child and see how how much more alive they are. Right. And the more alive you are, the better for your fascia, the better for your body. So being alive is the healthy thing. So, so do stuff that makes you feel alive. Okay. So do, and and because that's that's the thing with so many when when you have an illness and your your fascia is affected. That I mean that's why I've been working on trying to remodel my fascia and 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 get it because it's distorted, it's adhesed, and it's prevented me from you know being able to walk. You know, it was strangling my vocal cords, things like that. Would that be things that that the the tool that y'all have created will will that help that in addition to the breathing and the eating properly and and all of that will that aid in in helping us get some relief so we can start doing the things we like to do yeah so what we're doing we're helping people that has gotten stuck in like they have problems which they can't get they need help to move beyond that stage of of pain or discomfort or bad posture and stuff and we're using those tools to really increase that but there are even if the tool is not available in the us right now there are a lot of good osteopaths there are rolfers there are integral anatomists there are fascia therapists that can actually help you get started uh, what the thing about the machine is that it does it does what the manual therapist does but it does it more intense okay so, so it's like it's like um but it's like if you're shopping with a really sharp knife or a blunt knife, or if you're making a mayonnaise with a with a by hand, or if you're making it by machine, it's quicker and it's a bigger a bigger effect. But you can't you can. The important thing is start moving towards that direction to be more alive and to allow yourself to heal. Okay. Because so we have an amazing self-healing capacity in the body as well. See, and that that's the thing that gets me is that my ability to heal was in my body the entire time. It's just I didn't know it and the doctors didn't know it. So I always, uh, when I do my podcast, I always say work on your fascia before it stops working for you. So that's essentially what you're saying. Yeah. That's Excellent. that's kind that's kind of it. Okay. Okay. But so... but the, but the, the thing is that it's it can be hard if you're like really. 
if you're really in pain, if you can't move, if you if you don't have, if you're in that that downward slope, it can be hard to get started, and then you need help. And and that's where you it's, but there are thousands of really well-educated therapists in the U.S. Like right. You you have you, you're one of the countries in the world that has the most of everything. So of course there is someone who can help you, but it can be hard to to come by that person. An important thing when finding a good therapist is when you meet them, do they actually see you? Like, do they listen to you? Do they, um, because you need to be seen, you need to be heard, you need to be, be understood. You need to have someone who really looks at you like the person you could be and not just looks at who you are right now. And that's not so, that, that has nothing to do with a tool. That has to do with how we're looking at people. Correct. And we've no, all met people that makes us feel more alive, right? That yes. helps us push through something, that helps us grow. Yes. So no, find that's... someone who can help you grow. And that could okay. be your partner, it could be a friend, or it could be, but it's, it could be a lot of hard work. So that's why it's good to go to someone who's actually, who actually gets paid to do it, because then they have a different commitment. Then they won't drop out on you when you're, when they don't have time because they, they're there right. for you no that that you val i'm so happy that you took the time to speak with me today because you you validate you know me you know going online and starting a facebook group and starting a podcast just in hopes that someone will listen to me you know just saying that this is how i got my life back you know it's just me i'm just the regular old person that lost my abilities but to have you you know, Axel Boland, the creator of the fascia guide, to, to sit there and, and validate everything I've been saying, that that makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm headed in the right direction. Great. So this that, is... That's, that's what it's all about. <laughs> this is yeah, we... absolutely wonderful. So, so we have a thing, like our, our, our mission for the fascia guide is to provide people with the knowledge about their bodies in a simple way. Like if you can learn about how your body works in a simple way, what happens then? Like if you understand your own body in a simple way, like not, you don't have to take a master's degree to understand your body. Just you need to understand it in a simple way. What happens to you if you understand your body? If you understand yourselves, what, hap what happens to you? You're empowered, right? If you know that you can heal, if you know that you can do stuff to better your situation, by learning how your body works, by listening to your body, by paying attention to your body's signals, by, if you're walking, try and feel every step you're taking. If you're eating, try and feel how that food is making you feel. When you're doing stuff, try to do it, like really show up and live it and be present in that moment. And everything that sounds as a cliche could actually be something that's worth doing. Because we have a thing in our culture, especially the Western culture, where it has to be a fancy theory or it doesn't work. But yeah. the thing is that the simple theory is actually the harder one to practice, to do. Like, it's easy for people to, to understand how to be a good person against your neighbor, right? It's easy for me to, to know what I should do to be a good person. The hard thing is to do it every day. So when we stop listening to the fancy theories and start doing the simple things 
that actually make the difference, that's when something will happen. So if people wow. are looking for the fancy answer and start just doing what they know is the right thing to do, but actually doing it and not talking about it or reading about it, but doing it every show up with every person you meet, then it's going to be a difference. Wow. No, you're, you're right. I mean, it's, it's very simple. Something as simple as breathing that we take for granted every day and we do 25,000 probably times a day, simply breathing, we take advantage of and then eating properly and, 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 you know, not seeking out the simple answer. It, it's, it's frustrating because the answer, like you said, it's in side of us we just need to do it so i guess you know if we start going and seeking out uh, like you said if we are in pain maybe seeking out a professional to help us with our fascia in addition to working on our breathing and eating properly then we should be on our way to being off of all of the medication and you know something sometimes medicine is necessary it, it definitely is but um, I, to me, since I have been working on my fascia, I feel like I am restoring my body back to health. Yeah. And, and so this is, this is just so validating. You've just made my day. So thank you so much. Great. <laughs> it, so, it is... so uh, if I, I can leave like a, one recommendation, it's a book yeah. called Breathe. Breathe oh, by, by James, by James Nestor. Yeah. Yes, I have it right here in front of me. <laughs> so, so if you read that and do what it says in it, you're probably halfway on your way to, to healing yourself. Because what he did is that he went into a room and just breathed for 45 minutes, like deep breaths for 45 minutes, and it completely changed his whole body. Wow. So, so breathing okay. is really, really powerful, but most people don't breathe. And there's actually a study. Um, I saw from the US where like, I think it was 65% of people never breathe through their nose. They only breathe through the mouth. Yes, yes, I remember something like that. So it's like, we're, we're really bad at breathing, like ridiculously bad at breathing. And then that's affecting our fascia as well. And then if you're in yeah. pain, it's making it even worse. Well, the you i've just got the biggest smile on my face and Good, you, have great. Just, you have made my day i am so thankful that you took the time to to chat with me and like i said you validated everything that that i've been striving for and i know our listeners will be grateful to hear this because it is so frustrating when you are fighting especially an illness and then when the doctors don't seem to want to even give you validation because I, I had one doctor just tell me oh you might be working on your fascia i don't know here's another medication with all of these mm. side effects and i was like no no that's not the way i want to go so um this is great and we I'll, I'll just continue to you know be watching the fascia guide and and everything that you do and and uh hopefully it'll it'll come in english and Thank you, sir. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, my, my pleasure. Thank you. Uh, well, you I, have a lovely I, I day. I wish you a great day, and uh, I'll talk to you soon in the future, I hope. Yes, sir. I'll keep in touch if you don't mind. <laughs> no, no, no. Be fine. Thank you, sir. Have a lovely day.